This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. As always, I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Mike Coggle. Mike, what's going on in Denver today? Chris, good morning. Um, not a lot. Uh, I think winter is just about over, my friend. We're back to, you know, normal springtime, I think. 70-degree weather. Um, it's looking good out. We uh, extended our mask mandate for another month. And for those of you that know me, wow, that made me really happy because I love wearing a mask. You know, I'm me and the Lone Ranger are the two guys that really enjoy it. But otherwise, things are really, really good. They're looking up. I think people are starting. You know, it depends on who you talk to. The hangover does exist for this whole year. And uh, I think people are ready to get out. I've had friends and brokers, Chris, I'm sure you've had the same thing. We're finally getting together, like actually sitting down, uh, breaking bread and <laughs> and talking about insurance, not just on a screen. Uh, so I think screen screen fatigue is going to be going on for a while, don't you? I think Zoom is never going away, but I think it's going to slow down a little bit as we go into summer. So, Mike, let me ask you about the mask. You were in Florida for vacation. What was it like being in Florida where basically people are walking around without masks, right? Chris, the only place I saw masks uh, were in grocery stores. Only place. And some people didn't wear them there. And even though they wanted you to wear a mask in a grocery store, they didn't holler at the dude that didn't want to wear it. So Florida, I, I've been in the last two weeks, Chris, I've been in Florida. I've been in across the state of Nebraska and Iowa. And all three of those states were pretty wide open. I mean, you just walked into a restaurant and sat down. You didn't have to walk in with a mask on. As hypocritical as that sounds, walk in with a mask on, walk six feet, then sit down. I didn't have somebody come up and be two feet away from you taking your order. So it was kind of nice just to be normal for a little bit. God, how we forget the little things. The little things are really nice sometimes. Just the easy things. <laughs> Well, well, Mike, and I really got my second shot, Chris, so I'm done. I am so, now a Superman, like millions of others. Yep. And so you had your second. I had my first yesterday. So uh, looking forward to getting that second one here in a few weeks. But my only question, Chris, to the entire audience that is listening to our podcast today, is it a vaccine or is it a liquid barcode? <laughs> <laughs> so they can track me. Somebody's <laughs> tracking me, Chris, I swear. My phone isn't good enough anymore to know my every move. Now I think I might have a liquid chip in me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I just say, you know, I like to say that to people and they get really like offended and nervous. Like I might be telling the truth. <laughs> hey, Mike, you mentioned Zoom calls and in-person meetings. And it's kind of interesting. Yesterday, I had a Zoom call with a good friend of ours. And I had a lunch meeting with a good friend of ours. And what was really interesting, the topic of conversation with, on both of those it wasn't supposed to be this way, but it went this way, was the whole concept of the broker's broker. Now, look, you and I obviously wrote a book called The Broker's Broker. We believe in the concept, but it was so ironic that both of them took the conversation there and they both said that this is the way that we're going to sell so much more disability insurance in the future is through this concept. So I thought maybe we spend a few minutes talking about, you know, further talking about the broker broker concept. Oh, Chris, absolutely. It's funny that you, because I, I have, you know, today's Friday. So this week I've actually met with a couple of brokers and two are, one was a lunch and the other was just a quick beer after work. And uh, they, they, the same conversation came up. One of the guys that I've worked with since November is truly becoming a broker broker. I mean, that is his business model. We met with a the owner of a very large casualty, privately held casualty firm here in Denver. And I'm always wondering about, and I've talked to you about this more than once, Chris, uh, always wonder about, you know, how do you 
work the compensation. And you and I wrote in the book that you can do it many ways. And so it's in the book on how to do it. But we just threw it out there that instead of splitting and everything else, let's keep property casualty insurance company that doesn't do disability at all at arm's length. In other words, never go on the app, never do anything. Just partner with my buddy, Jason, just partner with him. And they're even going to let him have, Chris, you check this out. They're even going to let him have like an, a desk in the office for free. So no 1099, Mike, instead of him splitting business, my guy, Jason, is going to 1099, they're cut, and then they're just writing an agreement. As long as all this stuff stays on the books, um, it's good. Until it disappears or falls off the books, I'll pay you first in renewals, and it's done. It's just simple and done. And I think that it may or may not come to fruition, but it sounds like it was a good plan to work. And then I had a talk with another guy I do broker-broker with, and his is the exact opposite. His broker's like to go on the app and he explains to them, you know, the thing is, is if there was ever an issue, you're on the app. So if there really was a problem with a claim, you might have to be involved. Whereas the other side, Chris, with the property casualty firm and my buddy, they're at arm's length. The only guy that's on that application, the only guy that wrote the app is the only one that would ever be responsible for a problem. And I've never seen a problem, by the way, and I don't think you have either in what, 30 some years. Exactly. Um, but anyway, the whole broker broker idea is, uh, gaining traction. And one of the reasons I wanted my guy, Jason, part B to this is I wanted Jason to do this is we had a Zoom call two months ago with uh, three fee-based only financial planners that in the last week, it took two months, called us back and said, we've discussed this. We're not going to do disability insurance ever, but we have and decided that we're going to, excuse me, retain your services for all of our DI, all of it. So we'll probably be doing 30 to 40 apps a year and we just want you to do it all. And you know what? That's It's a partnership. And that's what we're going to do. You're our expert. So, I mean, this week alone, Chris, Monday to Friday, I've got two people with Broker Broker that it's working out two different ways, but working out really well. Because if you're not working exclusively with one organization, and you hold all the cards as far as, you know, how you write business and what you do. Chris, you can go to other people. You're not beholden to anybody. You understand? You get that, right? We, right. We, I think we agree. You need, well, you say eight or 10 people or financial planners ultimately to constantly refer you business, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that's a, if you get consistency from them at the most that you need is we wrote, we put in the book like 25, but that's, you know, half of them are just doing giving you one app a year. It's the 80-20 rule every single time, Mike. And and so you get those those handful of people. You that that's that's gonna be your core. And I couldn't agree more, Chris, because what I'm telling my guys now that are doing this is you still have to do the exact same thing that anybody else in the world does. If you're waiting for your phone to ring, it will stop ringing. You've got to remind your clients constantly. And there are so many mediums to do that with Chris. You can send a RIA financial planner friend of yours. A text once a week, once a week. How long does that take? Seconds to say, hey, as you do the planning this week, don't forget risk protection package. I'm your guy. And they'll find it funny. You can send a, I don't know, a bitmoji with somebody with crutches and a cast. You get, there's a million things you can do to keep reminding people to do it because you should get to the point where you're doing it. And I would always say an app a day, but you know, three apps a week. You should have, you should have the flow of doing about three to five apps a week, one a day. That needs to be the goal because that will make your life wonderful over about a three to a five year period. You'll be surprised at just how big those checks get. Well, you know, Mike, I'm going to make a, an analogy based upon something you just said. 
So let's think of the, the BGA world out there. You know, those agencies that have done a great job going out, talking to brokers and getting them to write business through their agency. Back in the day, for you and I, you know, it was with Provident or Illinois Mutual or Principal or whatever. But it was that, you know, that you come and give us business that you write. Well, what we know today, unlike when we got started, you and I got in the, in the mid 80s, is the overwhelming majority of agents and advisors no longer have the DI conversation, much less write it. So here's the point I want to make, Mike, is we're doing the, the broker broker is doing the exact same thing that a BGA is doing. In other words, marketing and prospecting to do business with them. Fair? Fair. And the only difference is, is the the broker broker is saying is, hey, I'll do everything soup to nuts. But here's the good news for the broker broker as opposed to the BGA. And we love our BGAs, Mike. We sure do, right? And they've done a great job. But the good news for the broker broker is there's more agents and advisors that are candidates for broker broker than there are for the BGAs. Far more, far more, right? So when you really think about this, you know, we've always said that, wow, BGA, everybody talks about, man, I wish I could be a BGA. You know, they really do successful. No, no, no. Go be a broker, broker. You don't have nearly the, the staff that you have to worry about. You don't have to deal with hundreds or thousands of agents and advisors. That's select few. Now you got to do the pick and shovel hard work up front. But Mike, you're a great example of what you have done since you've retired from principal is you've established relationships with a handful of people and you write a crap pot full of disability insurance. Now, it's not all broker broker, but you're very intimately involved with them. My point is, is you did the hard work and actually it was over many years. So I'm kind of rambling here, but the point being is the opportunity for a person to be a broker broker is the greatest opportunity in the financial services marketplace today. That's the end of my sermon for today. Chris, that's not a sermon. It's absolutely true. And you and I both know you don't have to get a PhD from Harvard to sell disability insurance. Wouldn't you say that's not necessary? Mike, you and I are great examples of that, right? Absolutely, Chris. And that's not making fun or poking fun of ourselves. It's the truth. So that being said, with, with just getting comfortable with phrases and terms and understanding the contracts well enough to have those conversations, Anybody that has an insurance license, and I always call it life in house, could do this and you could do it in the beginning part time. And why I say tell people is when you look at somebody that's an RIA and I have no problem doing this, Chris, and I'll give you one example of, of, of conversations of that you and I teach people is you look at an RIA and we have this conversation. We have our lunch and it's like, yeah, I mean. First, you know, it's like, I don't really do a lot of disability and, you know, my client, no, stop. Tell me about your average client. And if they say my average client is 67 years old, I tell them you're absolutely correct, Chris, and I will finish buying the lunch. But it usually comes down to, well, I don't know if they really need it. And I always say, do they have a trust or a family office and unlimited funds for the rest of their life? Well, no, hardly anybody has that. Okay, so then they do need it. But let's fast forward this entire conversation to where the rubber meets the road. If you choose not to do anything and don't have my guy, Greg, for example, do this for you, then your client is still in the exact same place they were. You are being a financial planner, but part of what your responsibility as a financial planner is is to build the risk protection package, wouldn't you say? And you tell me you don't do that. So, I mean, in all fairness, I need to call you an asset accumulator and an asset manager, but less still complete 
what you say as a CFP, chartered financial planner, certified financial planner, let's finish the risk piece. Let's finish it. It should have been done right away. And I don't think we disagree with that, but it's okay to be confident and talk brass tacks about why this needs to happen. At the end of the day, your client is still left in the same situation if we don't do anything, period. It's not hard to have that conversation, Chris. And then you just learn how to talk to those people's clients um, and use all the right terms to get people, as you and I like to call it, people speak in that insurance language to get them to understand what the need is. You know, Mike, you've heard me say this many times before when I'm talking to that RIA. Sounds like, you know, Mike, your clients fall into one of three buckets, a green bucket, yellow bucket, and a red bucket. The green bucket means you're going to talk to them about the need to protect their income. The red bucket means nobody ever talks to them about the need to protect their income. And the yellow bucket is some other advisor talks to them about the need to protect their income. But here's what we know. They're not going to be, your clients aren't in the green bucket because you're not talking to them. Now, the last thing you want to have happen is somebody become hurt or sick and be in the red bucket because that means that your clients could be calling you wondering what the hell they do now. So why don't we focus on the yellow bucket where I'm going to be the person talking to your clients about the need to protect their income. But instead of trying to steal all your assets under management, you and I are putting a moat around your client because not only you know are you doing a great job with their assets under management, but their risk protection plan is now complete. And so then my final question is, which bucket do you want your clients to fall into? And that's it. And if they don't, if, if they say I'm going to do it, I call BS on them because, well, Mike, that's not true because you haven't done the last 15 years. You're not going to start today. So it's really the yellow bucket and the, or the red bucket. So who do you want somebody else talking to them or you just want your clients to become hurt or sick and not have any disability insurance? You pick. And the and, easiest thing in the world, Chris, you just hit the nail on the head. We've been saying this all 20 minutes now is it's the right thing to do, period. I mean, and I don't have a problem looking at anybody and saying it's the right thing to do. Don't you agree? what's the answer? There's only one obvious answer, Chris. I always tell people, all you're looking for is one of two, not a maybe, a yes or a no. Would you like, you know, what your children's life not to be all dicked up in the event you get hurt or sick and probably never go back to work? It could happen. Fair? Yes. So would you like to fix that? Yes or no. And it's the same with a financial planner or anybody else that you're talking to. And they don't do this on purpose, Chris. It's just not their bailiwick. And I like to use that term from the old military. It's just not, it's not where they, it's not, it, it's not the sandbox they play in. So why not become the expert where very few people play in that sandbox? As you said five minutes ago, because your ability to find customers should be unlimited. And, and Mike, I, I think that's the message that I want to leave with people today is that you and I are passionate about broker broker, but we're not saying that just because you roll out your business that people are going to flock to you. You still have to strategize on who you're going to approach. You still have to reach out to them. You still have to have these types of conversations to get them to say yes or no. And there's going to be a percentage that are going to say no. That's okay. You're going to go on to the next person. And again, if you're looking for that 8 to 12 number of people because you strategically identified people that you know are working in markets that need disability insurance, you cannot fail, cannot fail if you go out and do the activity. It's your guaranteed success, but you got to do, you got to put in the work, like, you know, like in, in, in any type of endeavor. But Chris, you, you just hit the nail on the head for the third time. And the point is, if I sell 400 term policies a year, so I'm doing rolling business, right? I'm running fast. And that's what I do. I sell mostly term insurance and I sell 400 policies to make a great living. I still should have somebody doing part B to that. 
And if you don't want to do it selling 400F uh, of, of term insurance, so my point is you, go, you can go anywhere to find potential clients, not just an RIA. You can have somebody that generates nothing but commissions. I know a guy right now that does nothing but whole life insurance and does some LEAP. And in the LEAP program, whether you endorse it or not, disability is in there, but he doesn't do it. So what was our conversation last week, Chris, when I was in Iowa? It was really simple. Well, if you're not going to do it, what do you think about me finding somebody to do that piece for you? I'm open to any suggestion, Mike. That was the exact answer. I'm open to anything, Mike. You're right. Well, and then, Mike, you and I have talked about another unlimited market is the PNC agents who are insuring a thousand or, or two thousand households. All they have to do is get the conversation started and turn it over to you as a broker. Broker, there is a wealth of potential in that group of, of producers. And one of the things I've learned from casualty agents in the last two years since I retired from principal, or a little over two years now, is if I ask a guy that does commercial property casualty and does homeowners and some other things too, you know, so does personal lines and commercial and teach them the sentence, you know, I got to talk to you about your risk protection package. I think we have it pretty well healed, but I've learned something new and we want to make this thing current and up to date. And that's all they say. And right now you're not up to date because that big bucket of money or call it anything you want is exposed. And I've got a guy that can help talk to you. Would you be willing to spend 10 minutes with my associate, my guy, my whomever, my gal? to go over this, you've already got a relationship with these clients. You got one of two answers. No, I'm not interested at all. Let's tell them to leave me alone or sure, why not? And it's the world we live in. I would say more than half the time, somebody's gonna say, sure, why not? You know, what's it going to hurt? So our challenge, Mike, in conclusion is for, the, for those of, of you listeners who are inclined, think strongly about, look, a broker-broker practice, or if you're one of those people who are fall into the IRA category, who doesn't want to present it, well, then make sure that you find somebody who can do it for you. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Chris. And, you know, not to self-promote ourselves shamelessly, but, you know, we do have a book that you can get on Amazon, right? Broker, broker. Yep. And I think you have access to my coggle at gmail.com and my phone number or Chris Carlson. You can call. We'd be more than happy to help you fine tune the data points or the details if you want to build this kind of practice. Mike, thanks for your time today. Great session. Chris, thank you.